0: Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you, and now, let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I'm glad you're here with me today. You guys are in for a treat today, because as I was going through emails... I stumbled upon a sermon that I preached back in 2018 entitled Parable of the Sower, and that's what today's episode is on. I'm very excited that you guys are able to hear this today. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I want you to go ahead and turn to Matthew, the 13th chapter, verses 3 through 9. And here in just a few minutes, I'm going to play this. I just want to caution you that it is a little bit long, but I felt that the Holy Spirit was speaking through me that day. I remember that day very very well. I'm so excited that you're able to hear this. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoy and God bless you. Well, we're going to we're going to dive right in. Uh today we're going to be talking about the parable of the sower. A lot of people know it, some people don't, and that's okay. First, we're going to talk about the seed that fell along the path. The birds ate it up quickly. The second, the seed that fell in rocky places with shallow soil sprang up quickly, but scorched by the sun because it had no roots. Some seeds fell among the thorns. They grew, but were choked out. And lastly, the good soil. It produces a crop 160, 30 times than what was sown. So, what does this mean? Well, along the path, Jesus explains that here, that the person who hears and doesn't understand, Satan comes and takes it away from your heart. On the rocky soil, they, they hear the word, they accept it with joy, but due to no roots, they don't last long. When troubles come, or persecution comes from believing in Jesus' name, they quickly fall away. The thorns, here's the word, accepts it with joy, but due to no root, they don't last long. When troubles, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm, I take that back. That was the same one. Uh, with the thorns, that's when the cares of this world overtake it and the deceitfulness of wealth. And lastly, the good soil, they hear the word and understand. They apply it. They don't get the warm advices in church and and call it good. And they produce a crop. They bear fruit. Anybody here at garden at all? Not too many. Well, that's going to make this hard. (laughs) If you've ever had a garden and you planted seed. We've had flowers in ours. Beautiful flowers. The minute I turn my back, there's the weeds. They can't get any sunlight. Can't get the sun. So eventually, it withers and dies. That's the thorn. So path number one, or soil number one, I'm sorry. Number one, they hear the word and they don't understand it. And then Satan comes and takes it away. So again, some of you, maybe this is your first time hearing about God. Some, Maybe some of you, this is the only time you've ever heard the name Jesus. Well, I'm, it's my hope and prayer that you figure out who He is today. That's why I'm here. We ask the question, is there a God? Some of us, in here, that's easy to answer. Well, of course. Some don't have that. Some thinking, well, you know, I know there's a God, but I just don't, I mean, I know there's a higher power, but I don't know who it is or what it is. I had a co-worker tell me that this past week. There is a higher power. I just don't know who that is. And so I was sitting in the lunchroom. I was like, I could tell you who that is. Um, I've learned not to be so blatant about it because if you come at it and like, Jesus loves you, and if you don't accept you, you're going to go to hell. It don't work. But I said, I can tell you who. The seed's planted. I'm not sure if it's going to grow or not. We'll see. In Psalm 42, too, my soul thirsts for God, the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? We all have a longing for, some of us, if you don't know who God is, you're searching. You don't know what you're looking for. If you're looking for God, you just don't know it. But it says, where can I go and meet with God? Right here, right now. And it doesn't have to be in the church. It doesn't have to be in a church. This is not a holy place. It doesn't say in scripture that Jesus lives in a church says He lives lives inside your heart. But there's a problem. Sin. I can go on a long list of what sin is, but I think we kind of know what sin is. Like when my kids tell me no, which doesn't happen too often, the three-year-old does. But when they directly disobey what you say. All right, well, you're going to go in timeout, or you're grounded, right? That's usually the punishment we throw up on our kids. But sin is a problem. It came into the world through Adam and Eve. Now we're all born with a sinful nature. Here's the problem, Isaiah 59.2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that you are that he will not hear. John 8:34. Jesus says, "Anyone who sin, sins is a slave to sin." Romans 3:23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6:23. For the wages of sin is death. Eek. I don't like the sound of that, Nate. I don't, I don't, that, that doesn't make me feel happy. That doesn't make me feel good inside. Does it? Doesn't me. I've already beat myself up over the sermon, preparing for it. So this is the ba- this is bad news. It's like, but Isaiah 59:2, your iniquities, your sins have separated you from God. Sin is so powerful that it separates you from God. Sin is nothing to mess with. What's the good news? I got some good news for you. 1 Corinthians 15:3 three and 3-4, three, and here's, and this is what the gospel is. If you, I've been to some churches, been in some around a lot of Christian people, most people don't know what the gospel is. What's the good news? Some of you in this room could tell me. I know that, but most don't know what it is. Here's what it is. 1 Corinthians 15.3 For what I received I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for your sins. Number one. That he was buried and on the third day or he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. If he died and was buried and that was it we're all here just just to hang out for a social club. Oh no. Oh, no, no. He's, he is alive. He's up in heaven right now. And some of you that don't know him are going to know him today. You're not going to leave this building until you know who he is and what he's done for you. But again, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we believe in vain, we just celebrated that, what, four weeks ago? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? And do you believe the spirit that raised from the dead is living inside of you? Do you believe it? You have to answer that for yourself. I can't do it for you. I tell the kids on Wednesday night, don't don't get baptized, don't believe in Christ just because to make Nate happy. Don't get baptized because you see other people getting baptized. That's how I got baptized. My sister was the first one in our family, first kids out of five, to get baptized. And I saw her getting baptized, and I was like, you know what? I'm the oldest. That should have been me, to set the example. It was for the wrong reasons. I later on got re-baptized, because I figured, well, now I know why. Do you believe our whole our faith is dependent on the resurrection? Guess what? Buddha's bones, still in his tomb. Muhammad's bones are still in his tomb. You can go, the list goes on. Our God is alive. And it says in Scripture, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Jesus said that. Do you believe he is here right now? Because I can tell you right now, before, before I came up here, I was a nervous wreck. I drank two bottles of water. Gosh, my throat is so dry. But what is the cure what is the remedy? What is the solution? Acts 13, 13.38 says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through Him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. You're set free. You are free. But we choose to, to live in sin still. Makes no sense, does it? Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Grace is something that we don't deserve. Has anybody ever been given a gift for no reason, not just because it's your birthday or anniversary? No one? You don't have to raise your hand, it's fine. But ever been given a gift that you don't deserve? I didn't deserve that. I know. That's what God's doing. That's what he, that's what he did for you on the cross. For you amazing stuff and here's the here's the good news after you accept him here's what he promises hebrews 8 12 says for i will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more if someone wrongs us guess what we're gonna remember we may forgive but we don't forget i remember what you did no we're okay now but i remember what you did not going to forget it either god forgets what you've done Satan is the one that comes in and reminds you of that. Remember what you did, Nate, when you were about 16, 17, 18 years old? Remember that? Of course you do. Psalm 103, 12 says, As far as east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions or sins from us. Let me ask you, how far is east from the west? It's pretty far, isn't it? That's how far He removes your sin from you. He sets you free. John 14, 6, my favorite verse. Most of the kids on Wednesday night, they've heard me say that like a million times. I am the truth, I am the way, and I am the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. You want to go to heaven? Guess you have to go through. Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't ever let that name become any less than what it is. And we do that. Tell you what, about seven, eight months ago, oh, I was not, I was not in the Word. I wasn't praying. I'm telling you right now, it was, it was not right. I was not right with God. And something happened. Some, some of you know about my wife's surgery. What happened? That was that was a really dark time, but got us through. Some of you are going through the same things right now. Some of you are going through health problems or financial problems or I mean the list goes on and on. But God is here to give you peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace. Do you want peace in your life? Do you want the peace that goes beyond understanding? When you're going through the most difficult time in your life, do you want that? I I do. I do. No other way. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else. No one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You can't pay your way into heaven. So if I die, my family cannot give God money or give the church money and say, you know what? Even though Nate didn't have Jesus and he was destined for the other place, God's like, you know what, I, I think about a couple hundred thousand should do. Yeah. Well, I'd be, I, I wouldn't have any hope in that. But, their the only way, the only way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen. The only way. So I want to clear that up. Because some people are teaching that somewhere else. Oh, no. Some of us have an emptiness in our hearts. And we try to fill it, don't we? We try to fill it with relationships. Man, if I tell you what, if I just get that guy, if I get that girl, that's going to make my life complete. If I get the house I want, that's going to make my life complete. Or get the car, or get the new phone, or whatever it is that you can throw up in there. But it yeah, it makes us happy for a, for a minute. Then it wears away. Doesn't it? People that I'm not judging, but people that get drunk on the weekends. They they work hard all week long and they and they work for the weekend to get drunk. Can't remember their own name. And they keep doing it over and over and over again. And why do they do it? Because it doesn't satisfy you. Drugs do not satisfy you. They get addicted to it. You need it. No, you don't need it. Satan's got you right where he wants you. You're not looking to God for satisfaction. Listen to what it says. This is what Jesus says. John 6, 6, 35 through 37 says, Then Jesus declared, he declared it, not a little whisper, he declared it. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It says, but as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. For all those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. I've been rejected. I've been told I'm not good enough by people. Nate, you're not working hard enough. You don't deserve a promotion or whatever it is. We have to work to earn those things, don't we, in our jobs? Jesus says, you come to me, I'll never drive you away. And, and, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. He's not talking about, God's not going to send you a care package from heaven with food in it. In him, you will never go hungry or thirst. This is talking about your soul. The the, the emptiness I was talking about inside, he fills it. Do you have faith that he will fill it? Or don't, or do you not? See, the great thing about God is He gave us free, He gave us free choice. The fact that you came here today, maybe you were invited. Maybe you've been coming here all your whole life. But you're here. And you're hearing the word of God. In Joshua 24, 15 it says. It says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. If you don't believe, you have a choice. We all have a choice. So the rocky soil, number two. They accept the word with joy, but they don't last too long. When persecution comes and believe in Jesus' name, they quickly fall away. California. They're talking about banning Christian literature. Possibly banning the Bible. What if that comes here? Are you going to fall away? Persecution comes. I mean, we don't like we don't like to talk about that in church. Persecution. it's, ah, it's a scary word. It says Jesus says it is going to come. Are you going to stand with Him or are you going to reject Him? There's three things you could do today. Yes. I want Jesus. No, not for me. Or you maybe friends, you're riding the fence. That's a choice. Maybe next week, maybe when I get my life right, never going to happen. Riding the fence, you're, you're denying Him. This is what Jesus says in uh, Matthew 15:8. Those people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Where's your heart? And this is people who accept the word. The first seed, I don't want nothing to do with it. God's stuff's not for me. Get out of here, Jesus freak. I'm going to tell you just like it is. Christian life is hard. Living the way Jesus wants you to live, oh, it's hard. People insult you, bad mouth you, talk about you behind your back. And Jesus says to forgive? What? No, no, I'm mad. I, I want justice right now. Forgive them, for I have, for, I have forgiven you. Ugh, come on. I want to tell them how I feel. Strength comes from the Holy Spirit. So you, if you think you can get your life right without God, I'm, I believe in Jesus. I fall every day, just being honest with you. I fall and fail every single day. That's reality. But here's the thing. When Jesus ascended into heaven, He didn't leave us alone. He sent His Spirit to live inside us. If you choose Him, some people say you get the gift of the Holy Spirit by by doing a certain thing or performing a certain action. If it's a gift, then why do you have to work for it? Jesus did the work for you. He died on the cross. It says, if you believe in me, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit will work through you to live the life Jesus called you to live. See, we want to do this this stuff on our own. Even when we believe, that's where we fall. Well, life is going good. i got plenty of money. Everybody's healthy. I mean, i got Jesus. Look at me. And sometimes when things happen in our life, we like blame God. Why did you let this happen to me? Don't you know I believe in you? I'm done. Or someone at work, is, is they know I believe in Jesus and they're not talking to me anymore. It hurts my feelings. Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. Let me ask you something. Are you carrying your cross? Where was when Jesus was carrying his cross, where was he going? He's gonna die. He knew where he was going. Right? Did he did he quit and say, you know what? These people aren't worth it. I'm done. Mm-mm. He hung in there, didn't he? So when we're carrying our cross, sometimes in this life, think about this. Has anybody ever lifted anything really heavy? Okay? Get that visualization in your mind. So You start to carry something, right? It's really heavy. First, it's easy. I got my strength. This This is awesome. Then the farther you go, the heavier it gets. And the heavier it gets, the heavier it gets. I'm telling you, like I said before, Christian life is hard. Some people, when tough times come, when trials come, when persecution comes, like, you know what? I'm just going to drop my cross. I'm just going to go back to the way I used to live. This is what Jesus says also in Matthew 10, 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So are we going to go physically die? No. It's a spiritual death. The way I'm living anymore, it's not me. I want Jesus to live. You, when you cru- it says I am crucified with Christ, I no longer live. I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting crucified, but my spirit is. God, you are leading me from now on. That's what that means. And here's the other thing. This is this is the tricky part to people in churches. Is that it's not about what you know in the Bible, but rather, how intimate are you with Jesus? How close are you to Him? James 4.8 says this, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Jesus says this, John 15.4 says, Remain in Me, and I will also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. If you step out of there, you're not going to produce. You're not going to have the things that Jesus promised. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. This is what I want you to listen to. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much, fr- you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 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 We're taught our whole lives that we have to work hard. Give your best effort. Do this, 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 and you get this. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's already He, he carried everything. And he will carry your burdens. A lot of you are going through a lot of hardships right now. Well, I know. I'm going through hardships right now. Remain in him, and he will remain in you. So we have to do something. We have to stay true to him. The thorn the thorny soil somebody who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word make it unfruitful understand this idolatry is anything you put in front of God it could be video games it could be money money's a big one it could be it could be it could be a relationship anything you put ahead of God what's more what's the most important thing to you right now I'm gonna ask you this. Who sits on the throne of your heart? Is it you? Well, Nate, my life's not too bad right now. It's amazing, though, when things go south, then we think we, then we go to God, we run to him. God, fix my problems. And maybe it doesn't happen fast, quick enough the way you want it. Then we just, just fine, forget it. I don't need him. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. And we're not talking about your physical heart. We're talking about your whole self, your soul, who you are. Jesus needs to sit on top of that throne. If you sit on the throne, you will fail. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? Interesting. So, the cares of this world. What's your friends say? I had a lot of friends when I was younger. When they knew I was a believer in Jesus, they fell away. When I wouldn't go party with them, they fall away. You're just not cool enough, Nate. Oh, I know. I know that. But partying. A friend of mine, I'm not going to use his name, used to come to church all the time. Every single event he came to. And... He would never. He just. He would not take that next step towards God. Remember, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. He wouldn't do it. And I was talking to him. I said, "Man, you need. It. You need this. You need it. There's something missing. You need it." And he's like, "I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Nate. I just, it's not for me. I haven't talked to him in a couple years now." And I just saw recently on Facebook that he's partying every single week and I'm not judging. But what are you letting inside your heart? I tell my kids all the time, you need to be careful what you allow inside your heart. This music out there, the the shows you watch on TV, the stuff when I, even the stuff when I was a kid wasn't that bad. Some of it's actually really bad. But what's on TV now? I mean, you think about it. And look at, and look at the way our world is going. Even if you don't believe, even if you've never heard of Jesus Christ, up until this point, you know that there is something wrong with this world. You can't figure it out. Isn't there? Evil is what that is. And look what's happening. There's a group of Christians that were going to prom... It was a viral photo of someone being, uh, they were praying all together. And they were mocked and ridiculed. Are Muslims being mocked and ridiculed? Are Buddhists? No. Interesting, isn't it? I'm telling you right now, this world is, is going south. Fast. We don't want God in our country. It used to be. That's what our country was founded on. No one wants to talk about that. I don't remember who it was, but they said that our country is founded on the gospel. Amazing, isn't it? We don't want to teach that in school, do we? No. We teach evolution. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does that God created you. I'm not going to go into evolution right now. I'll get too fired up. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Where's your mind at? Where's your heart at? Is all you think about is, is the world? Because the world is going to let you down it's going to say, you know what? You don't need this, Nate. You need this. Or no, you need this. Or you need this. No. Titus 2.11 and 13 says this, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Not white people, Not black people, not anybody else, all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. You can say no, but it's so easy saying yes, isn't it? To the wrong things. And to live self controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. That's what you're called to be sanctified. You're set apart by God. While we wait for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just recently, the the Monday the 23rd, the world was supposed to end. The rapture was supposed to happen. Understand this, rapture is never used in the Bible. Never used. I've heard it called the harvest. Just kind of fun little detail there. But someone said, oh, in Genesis it says this, and they're connecting all these codes. Mm Hmm... No one knows the day of the hour. Jesus doesn't even know the day of the hour. Do you know that? Only God the Father knows. And understand this, because some of you may not understand this, because we know that the Father, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all three God. Think of it this way water, three different forms, right? Solid, ice, yeah. li- gas, and liquid. They're all three water, aren't they? All three. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are all God. Just wanted to let you know that. Matthew 16, 26. What good will it be for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man exchange for his soul? If you have the whole entire world in the palm of your hand, some of these people out west and out east, they're living in mansions. You're like, Man, I wish I can have that. Or man, that car. Ooh. I can only have that truck. Lindsay. <laughs> if I get the new iPhone or the new iWatch or again, the right guy, the right girl. What will it what gain or what good will it be for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Your souls are on the line. No one wants to talk about that anymore because they don't want to offend people. They don't want to make, you know, I want them to come back to church. So I better be careful what I say. It's right there. Black and white. This is why I want you to hear about wealth because we're talking about the deceitfulness of wealth. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 11. I want you to listen to this. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It's all about this now, isn't it? How much money can I make? Can I feel secure? Right? Am I making enough money? We worry about money all the time. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not the root of all evil. Understand that. All kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. If, if God can make a fish cough up coins, he can take care of you. Are you not more important than birds? It says here, remember in Scripture? Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. He says in Scripture that the hairs on your head are numbered. He knows every single detail about you. He created you, whether you believe it or not. Here's a funny thing. After today, you can't say, I don't know. I was never told. I'm going to let you all also know this. Outside of my family, because my dad taught me everything that I know, no one outside of my home has ever come up to me and said, Nate, have you ever heard of Jesus? No one. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to live that way. So now people at work, they have to hear it when there's an opportunity. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing. If you're not going out and you're not telling people about Jesus Christ, they may never hear. It says in Jude, one of my favorite verses is, "We, we snatched him from the fire. The good soil hears the word and understands it. They apply it. It says here in uh, James 1.21, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted plant it in you, which can save you. They accept the word. They accept it. Bearing fruit. What does that mean? Well, Part of it is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5:22-23 says: Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are you bearing that fruit? You have to ask yourself that. I'm at, and again, when I'm telling you this, I'm already telling me this. I'm like, no, I'm not, but I want to. But obeying His commands. Hmm. Obey? I don't like to obey. You have to do what someone's telling me to do? I don't like that. You can't tell me what to do. Teenagers. <laughs> 1 John 5.3 This is love for God. Hmm. How do we show him we love him? To obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. Hmm. You don't hear about obedience too much, do you? No. It makes people run through the doors. <laughs> Matthew 7:13 and 14 says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Understand this about the soils. One out of the four stick with it. One out of the four stay true to Jesus Christ. One out of four. Who can do the math? What percentage is that? Hmm? 25%. 75% of you. I'm not judging, but if you look at this, if you talk about the statistics, three-fourths of us will not hear. But here's the funny thing. Also, I read and then what I is interesting about the four soils. Everyone hears the word. And understand this: that all Scripture is God-breathed and it's alive and active. So it's not me talking to you; it's God talking through me. I had a lot of pressure on myself, but then God's like, this isn't about you. This isn't about making Nate look good. It's about me reaching out and touching the hearts of the people out here. Sorry, God. One out of four stick with it. Are you one of the four? Are you going to are you going to are you going to walk with Christ your whole life? And I use this example all the time now because God gave it to me and I'm It's exciting. But this right here. Marriage. When I got married to my wife, I didn't say, you know what? I'm going to be married to you until you don't do what I like. I'm just going to call it good. If that were the case, she'd be gone a long time ago. (laughs) But till death do us part. And guess what? With God, till death do we reunite. When you see his face, And it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah, and and trust me, I know, we're all going through things that are difficult, and it seems like it's it's never going to end, and things are never going to get better. Yes, they will. They will. Philippians says this, 4.13, many of you know it. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is going to get you through all these things you're going through? Yes, he can, and he will. He can, and He will. John 16.33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus talking. In the world you will have trouble. Did He say you might have trouble? You will have trouble. Here's the good news. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We fear death. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot. The, I was telling someone earlier that the reason why I started growing this beard... Is because in, at work I got hurt pretty bad, and for a minute there I thought I was going to die, but I was just overreacting. But it was it was pretty it was pretty violent what happened, and I was all alone. And I was, I mean, I had a hole in my neck. I'm thinking this could be it. Thank God I know Jesus. This could be my last day right here. But He has overcome. This is where I feel, and again, it's going to be harsh, but it's, 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 it's been harsh with me because I need to hear it. This is what we're not doing in the church. Ooh, I don't like when he's saying that. What's he going to say next? John 13, 34-35 says this. This is Jesus talking. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Are we loving one another? Because I'm telling you right now, the way this world is going, we're going to need each other. And here's the thing, it's not loving those who love you. What gain is there in that? It says in Scripture, even the pagans do that. It's loving those who don't love you. Ooh, I don't like that. My boss is like super mean to me and he he makes my life miserable. Or someone wronged me. Someone said something bad about me. Trust me, it happens and it's hard to be in the Spirit. Sometimes it is. But this is Jesus' command. Love one another. Imagine what a world we would live in if we loved one another. Like Jesus did. Our love is conditional sometimes, isn't it? I'll love you until you stop doing things for me, or until you wrong me. Then I'm you're dead to me. Jesus, what we just read before, I will never drive you away. We drive ourselves away. We walk away. And then when we're walking away, Jesus is like, don't go. Don't go. Some of us in here are going to hear this today and they're going to walk away. Maybe next time. There's no next time. What soil are you in? I'm going to be honest with you. I've been in almost every single one. If If we can be honest with ourselves, I've been in every single one. Where are you at right now? That's the question. And here's the thing. What is holding you back? I like this picture. I found it. It's a little fuzzy. But Jesus is holding out his hand to you right now. And he wants to save you. Because guess what? We are all going to die. Sorry. Unless Jesus comes back and takes us up with him, we are going to die. I don't like like thinking about it. But I know where I'm going to go. Do you? Most people don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ because he tells you that your lifestyle is not acceptable. You can't tell me the way I want to live. I want to do what I want to do. That don't sound right to me. The soils are, it represents your heart and your receptiveness to God. Where are you at? Is your heart hard? The things of this world harden your heart to where you don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ? I don't, Yeah. If you are having that feeling right now that Jesus is calling you, if you're here, if you've heard something today and you feel a stir inside your heart, it's not my great words. It's not Nate talking. Wow, that was awesome. But Jesus is calling you right now. Some of you may have not made that decision. Some of you in here. We'll walk away. I tell the kids on Wednesday night that this is the best thing that I have. I've studied a lot of different things, but this is the only one that's true. We can talk about it. This is what God says in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. He is drawing you right now. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, and maybe you're thinking that question right now, what do I do? I mean, I don't know. What do I do? Understand this before I go any farther, that Jesus told another parable about the lost sheep. A man had a hundred sheep. One wandered away. And he went to go find the one. Here's the thing. This is what got me growing up, learning this, that... Imagine if you were the only person to ever sin in the world. Ever. It's hypothetical, but for in this case, we're going with that. You were the only one that sinned. Jesus Christ still would have came down to earth, lived that perfect life, went through the suffering he went through, died, was buried, and resurrected just for you. We're not talking about a human being. We're talking about God Almighty Himself who created everything before time began. How do you turn that away? How does that not hit you here? It has to. So again, you might be asking yourself, what do I do? There's no 12-step program. There's no Bible study here that you have to go through. There's, There's no class you have to take to accept Jesus. What do you do? This simple. You need to repent what does repent mean? You turn your back on your sin. You're going this way. You encounter Jesus Christ. You are right now. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. The cross demands that you make a choice right now. You ain't going to hurt my feelings if you don't. If you do, that's great. But if you don't, that's your choice. But repentance, you stop right where you are. You meet Jesus Christ, you walk past him, or you are and you or you walk to him. Do a 180. Right back to God. Here's the beautiful part. Romans 10, 9 through 13. And we'll close with this. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, not a little fraction of your heart, your whole heart, your whole self, that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 11, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Never. 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus, will be saved. So, if you woke up today, God's not done with you yet. It's pretty cool. He has a plan for you. So I asked these, I asked the kids on Wednesday night, and I'm going to ask you the exact same thing. What are you going to do with what you heard? The truth is out there. Thank God I, I I heard it. But you have heard the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. He did that for you. If you accept him, you are saved. Now, there's a lot more to that. But, that's the promise. I would, I would, a lot of times it's called the invitation or the, you know, to come up. I would challenge you, look at yourself and think here and here. If you're feeling that pull, you're feeling that tug, you need to come. It says, "It says in Scripture, seek Him while He is near. He is near right now. You may not have never have another moment like this ever again. It may never come. You come. Well, I don't like get in front of get in front of everybody. Come afterwards, but come. Do not delay. Do not let this moment pass you by." Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we, uh, we come to you today, different walks of life, different soils we're in. I don't know where everybody's at right now, but I pray that the message today was from you, that they would see you and not me. But Lord, you have given us eternal life if we accept your Son. I pray that those here who are wrestling with that, maybe they heard it for the first time that they would accept it. Because heaven is our destiny in Jesus Christ and through Him alone. We only have access to that through Jesus Christ. I'd ask you to bless everybody here, thankful that they came, that they were able to hear Your Word. I pray that it, that it touches them, that You touch their hearts today and that they would make the decision to follow You, to carry their cross and put their whole trust and faith in You. And it's Your Son's name that I ask these things. Amen.